We be live. Hello, everybody. Look at us here. We're full house. Everyone's here. Rivka is here. Anna's here. Elliot is here. Hi, guys. Hey. Warm greetings from the land of Zion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Great. Rivka, are you muted? Because I'm not hearing Rivka. I oh, am I unmuted now. I was muted. Okay. But I'm still yeah. having some <laughs> lag, so... That's fine. We could hear you. We could hear you. So, guys, Rivka sent me a couple of videos. And she sends me so many good videos for us to review here. Um, so I, it's hard for me to pick from all the stuff that she sends me. And I also, want when she sends me a, a whole bunch of stuff, I try to figure out uh, which ones match with each other so that we can review like under the same topic. So I have selected three. And basically, all these three videos represent... Um, Arabs in different places, Arabs outside of both Palestine uh, and Israel, uh, Arabs, Israeli Arabs, and Palestinian Arabs that are all giving the same message, which is an anti-Hamas message. So, Rivka, do you want to explain to us, the, you know, just the context before we get started? Of which video or all of them? Well, actually, actually you're right. Let me let me put one of them up, and then you could first. You know, you could start with that one. Let's do with this one. What is the context of this? Okay, one? so this woman is um, an Arab American who is, mm -hmm. um, I believe, from Syria. And she is on a talk show where she's discussing, you know, the fact that she is familiar with Islamic fundamentalism and how it affects the population. And she talks about that from that perspective, but also as someone who's familiar with that and grew up with that, why she, you know, is um, against the Hamas and why they need to be, you know, um, got, you know, uh, gotten rid of in terms of how people the suffering of the Palestinians, but also how it affects global security, how it affects um, everyone. And she's talking about it from her perspective, but she's an Arab American. Okay, so let me just play it. We go, we'll go all the way through it and then we'll see what we think about what she's saying. I've expressed before on the program my, my utter solidarity with the Israeli people, but I also want to say something because I am an Arab American. My heart breaks for the Palestinians. Um, my ancestral home, homeland is Syria. Uh, we have the biggest refugee crisis in the world of Syrian refugees. And what it shows me is that when a country is torn apart by terrorism, and I would include the Assad government as part of that terrorism, you cannot live in peace. You cannot live in a 21st century prosperous, thriving place. For Palestine to be free, for the Palestinian territory to be free, they need to join in ridding themselves of Hamas. Plain and simple. If you want to see a 21st century thriving, prosperous Palestinian territory, that's what will happen. We, they, Palestine receives billions of dollars in foreign aid from all over the world, but Hamas uses that for its terrorist efforts. The reason they don't have basic infrastructure, the reason that right now we could see their infrastructure turned off is because Hamas is living large in Qatar. All their leaders are in Qatar right now telling the Palestinian people, you need to sit here and you need to be willing to die for the cause when we're not. War is hell. I, I've seen it up close. Um, there's going to be bad things that happen, but Israel has a right to defend itself. Wow, hmm. I love that. That was great. <laughs> that was great. I mean, holy crap. I really like the fact that she succinctly says, look, 
terrorism destroys countries. It upsets global mm-hmm. security. It causes problems. Part of the reason why, you know, this is happening in Gaza is because of terrorism. She breaks it down. Yeah. But most importantly, I really like the fact that she says Palestinians have a responsibility if to rid themselves of Hamas because mm-hmm. they're the ones holding these people you know back and i and i like that she she says that and she she just very succinctly very quickly hits all these points yeah and And it's really you know right on target yeah and i think she does a really good job of showing how it is completely consistent to be both pro-israel and pro-palestinian and i i think that's that's really really good and we need more of that um so unfortunately we've seen too much uh too many people that say you can't you know you can't be can't be for both so yeah i really like that i haven't i don't know anything else about this lady but that statement's big fan and she also touches the point that terrorism it's basically destroying a uh, a society also economically because Hamas leaders they use whatever aid is coming to Gaza financial aid uh, only to enrich themselves or build weapons and tunnels they don't invest this money for infrastructure or for the people in Gaza and I think this is a major component of what is going on okay so let me try to also put you know the counter to all of this i just want to also be critical here and see if we could uh, how do we address that right so one thing i think it's important to say why a lot of palestinians need to take up the responsibility to get rid of um hamas is because unfortunately i don't think israel will be able to get rid of hamas you know, Hamas is a brand, is an ideology. Even if you do get rid of Hamas, the, uh, you know, you, it will just come back with another brand, with another group. And as much as I defend Israel's right to defend itself, as much as I def- understand why in reaction to October 7th, um, Israel is forced into reacting in what it does in Gaza. But I also understand that the, what's happening in Gaza not only is not going to defeat Hamas, it actually feeds Hamas. It feeds sure. Hamas's ideology. Again, I'm not saying Israel uh, shouldn't be doing what it's doing. There's no other thing you know it could have done. But at the end of the day, this is exactly why we have Hamas. Like it, Hamas will grow. So Israel, as much as it says that it's going to, I don't know, this in Israel's government defeat Hamas. This is the end of Hamas. What we're seeing right now is going to make. A bigger Hamas, I think. Um, so the only way for me, the only way to get rid of Hamas is for a change in mindset in the Palestinian people. And I don't, so she's right about that, I think. But I, I don't see that happening mostly. I mean, we do on this show go and find the people who have a different mindset and we show it to you because we don't want people to generalize. We don't want people to do guilt by association. We don't want people to be, you know, racist. We don't want people to see the voices that are different from others. But at the end of the day, the the vast majority—I mean, I don't know—many, many of the uh, people in Gaza uh, want more war. Even you know, they want war. 
um, even some of the ones who are against Hamas, they want they want to continue the war. So when we say, oh, they they should rid of Hamas, that's like a wish. You know, it's just like, yeah, that's a beautiful wish. But yeah, how is that going to happen? I think. So what do you guys think? Yeah, just real quick. I I think because I, I saw it on all three of our faces around the same time. I think we all have something to say for that. So y'all, please, y'all, please go ahead, please. Well, I must say that a lot of uh, Palestinians, both in Gaza and in the uh, West Bank, they do support Hamas. Like they do think that the 7th of October was justified, the justified and they do support uh, these terrorist acts as part of their resistance, what they think is, it is. Uh, and also, I want to say, although we bring here videos of Arabs speaking against the Hamas, a lot of times being against the Hamas doesn't mean that they necessarily support Israel. They can both hate the Hamas and hate Israel in the same time. Like, they can believe that Hamas is ruining the Gaza Strip and also believe uh, that the Israeli occupation took their land and they, it's part of the, the picture why they are miserable. So they can blame both Hamas and Israel, actually. That's a good point. I agree with what Anna said. I also agree that, yeah, ideologies are hard to root out um, and they do take a long time to change. Um, but, and this is going to sound maybe kind of, I don't know, utopian, but I think one of the ways that people can change, and it sounds crazy, but it's through business, it's through trade, it's through that because oftentimes people who don't like each other still do business together and that forces them to see each other as human beings right because you this is why like the some of the abraham accords and and things like that are are helpful and this is because you you might not like each other but you're doing business and then and the next thing you know you're talking about oh what did your you bring for lunch oh how many kids do you have and then all of a sudden these people sometimes become human beings now that's not a perfect solution but i think it's one way that often people who are antagonistic to each other can because it's mutually beneficial for both of them. And then through that, they see that other people are human beings. But to root out ideologies, I'm not sure mm. how one 100% goes about that. But there are examples of people who don't like each other or didn't mm -hmm. like each other, but figuring out how to at least exist next to each other now one of the ways i think that you would definitely have to go about rooting out that ideology is some of the education systems in gaza and the west bank which sort of perpetuate that with children it's very similar to what people are trying to do in africa to change the education system about how people view wit you know witches or people with vitiligo or things like that a lot of that stuff is taught and you grow up think believing that and then it you know per keeps perpetuating the next generations but yeah it's not easy to root out ideology but i do think it's really important that she said that because most of the time you can't force change from the outside you can mm -hmm. you know kind of poke holes in it mm -hmm. but it's still you know a lot of it has to come from 
people who are willing to find another way or to see that another way exists or another yeah. methodology. I, I want to add that the problem isn't only the education system, but also the media, including the social media. I'm, I'm talking both about the news outlets and the social media in the Arab world, in the Arabic. It is extremely anti-Semitic and it demonizes Zionists. It demonizes Jews as well. And like, it's not even a religious hatred that much. And I don't think that it stems solely from education. It stems also from the media that actually reinforces this anti-Semitism. And in channels like Al Jazeera, it makes itself look like, like a news outlet when it's actually the outlet for Hamas, for Hamas ideology to, to, to spread. I agree yeah. with you that it's definitely the, the media. Um, I think that your point about it's not sometimes even religious. I feel like a lot of times um, the media or other countries, like Qatar or other um, Arab countries, only seem from this is my perspective a lot of times only seem to care about palestinians or the palestinian cause or people as long as they can be used as a cudgel against israel because that's what they really are trying to do is to demonize israel to demonize jews and so yeah i think that that is definitely a problem but you know i mean i guess it's hard to, you know, have everything happen at once. You might, yeah. you know, but yeah. we're talking about some of the issues, but definitely the education system. I mean, those, a lot of those people like Armin talks about, you know, how he grew up being taught these things. Yeah. And I think about Israel, this is, it's, it's, it's a very, very tough thing. And you, you've all wonderfully, I think, hit on so many different aspects of it that, cause this perfect storm of anti-Semitism and, and just, you know, general hatred. Um, but I wouldn't be here, honestly. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think there was hope, right? And I know that it's a long battle. I know that it's one that doesn't feel like we make progress a lot of the times. Um, but there is a reason that there is a flood of apostasy in Islam right now. There is a reason that people are putting down their Bibles and, and picking up test tubes, right? We, we are making progress. We are making a difference. And, and one of the greatest stories, I think, in, in this whole disgusting, horrible mess is, is that man who even after, even after the discussion Disgusting, disgusting October 7th slaughter that Hamas committed and his child was brutally murdered. That man still told Israeli media, I will continue to hire Palestinians. I will purposefully continue to hire Palestinians because he knows that that connection showing individuals, look, there is a better world out there, right? You don't have to live in this hellhole that Hamas makes you live in. Doing that is one of the most powerful things for helping people change their minds, because the more that they get that exposure, the more that they desire that freedom, 
right? And we see, we do see that. Again, I know it feels like slow going. I know it does, but we are in a better position now than we were 200 years ago, 500 years ago, right? Hell, even, even 20 years ago, we are. It doesn't always feel like that though, but that's the reason I'm here. That's the reason we're all here. You know, we, we are pushing back against Islam and it is working. It's just, it's tough. It's tough sometimes. So. Yeah. We, one second guys, before Anna continues, I just want to uh, show you the fact that eight minutes into the show, we got demonetized. I don't know what oh, we said. God. <laughs> like what? Oh, yeah, this live stream was the message. What did we say? We said we, didn't we use... talked about business, helping people, changing uh, ideology. Here we go like, again. <laughs> we didn't use any of the you know words like I mean now I'm gonna say it because we already demonetized. We didn't say genocide, we didn't say like I don't know, we didn't talk about racism, right. we didn't talk any I don't know what did we do? Like this was Even a very whole, one of the most wholesome hey openings. Maybe we said like Hamas one time or so. Oh my god. You know what it. it you know what it was? You know what it was? It was that it was that Anna said hello from the land of Zion. That's what did it, you know? Yeah. That's what got us. And I did this, you know? not going anywhere. Right, right. And you're wearing that shirt. <laughs> That's of a... So what do we do? Do we just I don't know. Do we just fin finish the stream with just a bunch of dirty words now? Do we just say a bunch of naughty things, Armin? To, to make well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to appeal it. It's just going to take too long for the appeal to process. And then by that time, we already got most of our views. So, guys, if you want to use Super Chats, that would be a good time right now so that we don't have to worry about the fact that we get demonetized and we don't have to be careful so much. About what we eight said. minutes. I, I, I give it up. So, do you think yeah, we have minutes, a yeah. personal uh, enemy over at uh, YouTube? <laughs> so just sit there, like, oh, Atheist Republic just went live, did they? <laughs> Not <Yay>. anymore. <laughs> no like, more money. Every single stream is getting demonetized recently. Seriously. Yeah. Oh yeah. So look, like we already don't don't worry, guys. We got two Canadian dollars demonetization relief fund. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is right. you guys. Also, guys, like the stream because when we get demonetized, we get hit twice. First of all, we get demonetized. Second of all, we get deprioritized. So when you get demonetized, YouTube shows your video. It recommends it less. So if you like the video, it will help recommend it more. So please also like the stream right now. Um, I have a like, I have so many points, but I want to make sure to. Okay, so about what Rivka said. The trade, you know, I truly believe more trade, you know, this is why I think capitalism brings peace, okay? <laughs> because when countries trade with each other and do business with each other, they're less likely to go to war with each other, right? Um, but so Rivka's point is so, you know, I very much agree with that. The problem is that October 7th kind of, didn't it kind of ruin all of that because we were like Israel was giving a lot of work permits to people in Gaza to come work in Israel to make money and bring it back in Gaza. So there's more economic activity in Gaza. And that was the one of the best de-radicalization plans out there, except the part that Netanyahu decided to give the control of the work permits to Hamas. So other than that part, the idea is fantastic. Um, but now that is, is that ha happening anymore? Like that was... This whole trying to increase, I mean, I mean, look at the level of economic activity right now in Gaza. We have completely destroyed the foundations for economic activity. So that plan is 
you know, out off the table right now. So I don't know what do we have. What do we have? We have nothing. Go under. I think with oh, Anna can speak about it, but I was gonna say with jihadistic ideologies, like once the jihadistic ideology is in place in in a certain uh, in a certain space. No matter how much you try to help these people to be in a good situation economically, they are only going to use this against you. And this is what Hamas did. So like every economical uh, advancements they do is eventually turned into terrorism. So actually the, the ideas is what drives people and not the economy. The ideology is what controls the world, not not only money. Well, talk, wait, before Rivka speaks, speaking of money, we just got a whole wave of super chats as our relief fund. The the first one, StreamYard is not letting me highlight, is from Get What You Deserve. Thank you so much for that. And then Sorgu just gave us a $2 super chat, say, people say uh, Claudine gave fired because she she black thoughts mm, she was a harvard president we, she resigned yeah technically i don't think because she was black no i think because no. she was like doing plagiarism that's the reason i don't think, I think that she's, she's, she's saying it but i don't know yeah that well, the plagiarism yeah. came I out but what started it was she was in front of congress with a couple of other presidents of universities and they were all pretty wishy-washy on whether or not anti-semitism exactly. on college campuses is allowed so yeah but i don't want to spend too much time on this yeah, yeah, it's a whole yeah we, we're, we're going to talk about, about this at some point though i think yes, the reason let's, let's move, let's move on let's, Jew, jewish millionaires said that they are going to take back their uh okay. funding and so and uh we want to make sure that because we we're gonna rivka has some videos about the universities and we're going to make sure that we focus on that topic another day uh, David with a $10 super sticker. Thank you so much, David. And another David with a $20 super uh, super chat saying, more demonetization relief. You guys are great. Thank you so much for that. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Oh, my God. We got another one saying, guys, thank you so much. Indominus, in, Indominus Rex is saying, Modi and YouTube has one thing in common, announcements of random demonetization. Effing great YouTube, effing great. Yes. Well, with you guys, oh, we got another one. Two dollar super chat saying, as a Jew who grew up in uh, MA, not surprised. Okay, where where's MA? Is that a U.S. state? I'm thinking it's Massachusetts. That's what I'm Massachusetts. thinking. Okay. Massachusetts. Okay. So we non Americans. Okay, guys, we we non Americans do not know these. Like, <laughs> so thank you so much. All right, guys, thank you so much. So. Uh, Rivka, you had a point before I... Yeah, I, I, I wanted to make a point about what, what you were saying about um, the permits and everything. Unfortunately, a lot of... We found out after 7 October atrocities that a lot of the people who were working in some of these kibbutzim were using the hat to be like almost a double agent Mm. And, mm. and and giving information to the Hamas, giving uh, where were Do we the know that? According, I heard that. Do we know? According hmm. to some, uh, what I've seen, they found paperwork amongst some of the 
uh, dead uh, people who uh, on October 7th who were, you know, uh, killed some of the terrorists who were committing these acts. They found some information on them, maps, mm. things like that. Um, now, I don't. Uh, I, there's actually a video of showing some of the maps that people drew. Where's the security, you know, maps with people's actual houses, you know, things like that. Now, I do want to say you don't know if some of these people were coerced by the Hamas to do this because they coerced them to do a lot of things, you know, children digging tunnels and, and you know, um, other things. And it's hard to say no to a draconian terrorist organization who's running, you know, everything, but that, that definitely did happen. But I still think that it's often difficult to see sort of a change or when it's happening, you know, and, and this goes back to, you know, kind of an enlightenment, you know, some of the Muslim world needs that. And it's awfully hard when you're trying to do that, to, to notice it. I'm not sure during the crusades, they were maybe noticing as they were coming out of that in the enlightenment. Oh, wow. We're in the middle of a changing of ideology. You know, it's, it's hard to see that, but yeah, it's definitely difficult, not easy. All right. So I just want to make sure uh, Gene also just gave us a super stick. Thank you so much. Gene. Six shekels. I love it when you get shekels from Israel. <laughs> okay. So I want to do the second video. I'll go, Anna, Anna, you have a point? Yeah, I just wanted to mention, someone here in the comments said before that, uh, like, the world is so much preoccupied with Pal Palestine and Israel, and Arabs who are getting hurt in other Arab countries aren't getting even nearly as much attention. Like, if you go to Sudan, if you go to... Um, uh, the Afghan refugees in Pakistan, right? They are no group the of Muslim, refugees... Not Arab. Uh, yeah, they are Muslims. I'm, I'm sorry, I meant uh, Muslims. Um, Muslim, yet, yeah. yet, whenever anything even very minor happens in the vicinity of Israel, it is immediately world news. Why? I think a lot of this stems from, well, anti-Semitism and also like they are already preoccupied with the, um, some Zionists, uh, controlling the world and su such uh, theories, conspiracy theories. So immediately Israel is viewed as the, the, the occupational force, the, um, the uh, suppressor. And like, I, I feel that it is making a lot of injustice that we often um, don't talk enough about the Muslims in other other places in the world who who do need support and like everyone everyone forgot from sudan everyone forgot from afghanistan everyone just doesn't care oh yeah there's a there's still like i don't know somewhere near half a million uh rohingya refugees living in squalor and in camps in bangladesh so yeah haven't heard jack about them from the muslim community don't know where the ummah is supporting their brothers and sisters but uh yeah all of a sudden bring some jews in the mix and then also, it's like oh, oh, oh. 
also the UN, like UNRWA is only for Palestinian refugees and no other group of refugees is given a UN organization only for them, dedicated for them. I think that's a really valid point. And we have, you know, in past and you've we've heard other uh, people that we've highlighted on videos say say similar things that and that was basically the point I made about it, it seems like people don't care unless it's uh, somehow can be used against Israel. But I, I think that um, it's kind of a sad situation, but I will say here on Atheist Republic, we do mention those things. So yes, all of those have done segments on every single one of the things that we just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Weird how some very large uh, Muslim content creators haven't talked about that. Nobody in particular, Muhammad Hijab, Daniel Hakikaju, Smile to Jenna Ali Dalla. Nobody in particular. Nobody in particular. Yes. Uh, some of the oldest videos that we have on this channel is was about bringing attention to the war in Yemen before even back then yeah. people were talking about it. We yeah. were talking, you know, even before yeah. like people like Bernie Sanders and stuff, we were talking about it and we were like wondering why nobody's talking about it. Um, okay, we got another 15 shekels by the way. Thank you so much from Clifford. Thank you so much. Remember, we convert. We convert Zionist everything Zionist. into shekels. So when you just send it as shekels, it saves us some time. So thank you for that. Yes, yes. We should do the second video. So guys, let me just bring this up. Real. Okay, let me go from the beginning. Don't, uh, Elliot, don't do that. That's going to look like something different. I don't, I don't know if you <laughs> know what I'm referring to. Don't no, do that. Don't no, do okay. That. You're going to have to tell me afterwards. Oh, you don't know what I'm referring no. to? People are going to, no. okay. I will tell you what that's in the okay. live chat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. As part of the pro-peace community here in Israel, we have an important message. In order to achieve lasting and sustainable peace between Israelis and Palestinians, Hamas must be eliminated. Because since its foundation, Hamas has sworn to destroy Israel and slaughter all Jews in its territory and beyond. It's even written in their founding charter. They tried putting on a moderate face, but on October 7th, they showed the world exactly who they are and who we've known them to be. A murderous and genocidal terrorist organization. Hamas is not committed to reaching a peaceful resolution, nor is Hamas committed to the Palestinian people. Hamas is committed to one thing and one thing only. They are committed to destroying the state of Israel. So I should have asked Rivka for context before playing this. So the one on the left is Muhammad, which is an go yeah. on Rivka. You should. So the guy with the glasses in the black shirt mm -hmm. is Muhammad Zawabi, who is an Arab Israeli. And I forget the name of the guy in the yellow shirt. He's Israeli. Um, and they are just sort of having this conversation but mohammed uh has been very active on social media very much out there in support of his country israel and uh has made numerous videos you can look him up uh young guy very um funny snarky and very committed to not just uh israel but also he's very solution oriented young man Mm -hmm. Um. That's that's uh, so he's uh, 
LGBT, he's gay, he's Arab, and yes. he's Israeli. That's Muhammad. Mm-hmm. We should cover him more. This is amazing. I've been bringing are... his name up every week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've sent numerous videos, but that's okay. We have, yeah, he's got a lot to say. He, um, he is, um, like I said, he's very solution oriented and he's also, he's an Israeli. So he's pro Israel. He's pro his country. He, you know, supports his country. He supports, yeah. uh, the, you know, um, getting rid of Hamas, but he also has a lot of um, thoughts about two-state solution and supporting Palestinians. And this is why I like him is he's not just saying these things. He's even come up with some of his own plans. And we can talk about videos like that too. Now, maybe these plans won't work, but he he's one of the few young people I hear saying, well, I have a, what about this idea? Or here's how maybe we can do something else. And he gives actual solutions. He's really uh, interesting young guy. And I, I find him um, really exciting, you know, makes me feel good about young people. So when I listen to him. Right. I, Before I, uh, oh, go I agree with Tubi love, uh, Muhammad kind of, kind of looks like a rock star. He looks like he's about to like, <laughs> I don't know, rip out some sweet solo or something like he looks like a badass. So, Right. Before we go to Anna, I just want to acknowledge Zeno Beblis just gave us $20 super chat. Thank you so much. Super sticker. Thank you so much. Guys, like we now are don't care about monetization anymore because you guys fully covered uh, the show. So thank you so much, everybody. Anna, go ahead. And then I have a question for Anna as well. Okay. Uh, well, what is interesting is that actually Arabs in Israel are much more free than Arabs in any other Arab country. Like in any other Arab country, you can't be openly gay. You can't openly criticize the government. You can't openly even talk about politics in uh, many of the countries. And he's here he's doing exactly that. What people even in Egypt and Jordan, like they can't be openly gay or openly criticize the government. That's a great point. Go on, go on, Rivka. I was going to say that's a great point and that's actually one of the things that muhammad talks about why he is so supportive of israel is the freedom that he has in his own country to be gay to criticize the government to talk about you know um palestinian rights he, to talk about you know anything basically he you know wants to and he he um he highlights that a lot and i think that's a really really good point that anna made is that there's also videos of people and we had one the last live stream the guy who does the ask just ask a israeli when he went around and talked to arab israelis and asking them you know if they like living in israel do they like the government and they all said yes i have freedom here i have the ability to do things that I couldn't do if I was in Gaza or any other uh, Muslim country. Yeah, and uh, I also want to state that they have freedom also in politics. Like they have the uh, there is an Arab uh, party in the in our uh, political system, and mm-hmm. technically, an Arab can become a president in Israel, mm-hmm. like if he has the majority of votes and is able to build a coalition with other parties, then yes, 
an Arab now, can be, become a president in Israel. Like now, this is this is actually like maybe maybe um maybe it won't happen soon because we see that Netanyahu and his whole government is just like their religious are extremely um pro Netanyahu, how I would say. Um I, I don't really think that a political change is as easy in Israel uh, as it maybe used to be in the past. But uh, anyways, the Arabs, they have every single right a, a Jew has, a, a Jewish citizen has. And actually, they have more rights than Jews because they don't have to serve in the military. And for example, like I study in a, a little bit religious um, university. So I have to take several courses about Judaism and Arabs get to choose if they want to study about Judaism or want to take courses unrelated to Judaism, like the same amount of mm. courses, but uh, in different fields, for example. Now, so. now, Anna, I, I have to say, because this, this is a little shocking to me. Are you are you saying that in in Gaza, there is not... A, a Jewish political party? Are you saying that that doesn't exist? Is that what? What about what there about like? There is not like... a single Jew in Gaza. There oh, is not a single okay. Jew in Gaza, okay. and I don't but think there is. Kind of sounds like an kind of sounds like an apart. Kind of sounds like an apartheid. I don't know. Actually, oh, worse than yeah, that. it does. Especially <laughs> oh. how they treat Christians and other and any other. Right potential religious minority oh wow right. but that okay but that couldn't be okay but that couldn't be similar to other muslim majority countries where they're ruled by a very strict you know islamic idea that couldn't be the case in like saudi arabia right i'm sure there's it, am i wrong I'm, I'm wrong guys i'm sorry it's it's, it's i'm sorry i, I just like uh, i've been hearing i've been hearing how I peaceful know, islam is as far as i know there is no jewish community in saudi arabia or in egypt mm. or in uh, algeria mm. like maybe there are still in egypt like a couple of jews or something like this there's an yeah. organization that keeps that keeps a count and i think they said at last count it was like seven in egypt or something literally under under 10 oh my god and the same in iraq you know uh there was yeah. one in afghanistan he finally emigrated his wife and children had years before and they he finally did but um i i think that that the point that about having um you know, no religious minorities in other in a lot of these other um, Middle Eastern countries is actually really important to highlight because yes. people are constantly saying all these things about Israel. But, you know, there's two million Arabs. There's, you know, thousands or hundreds, maybe I think a thousand of mosques, churches. There's Christians, there's Buddhists that you can be free to be an atheist, gay people actually from West Bank and Gaza come to Israel for asylum. Israel, you know, helps, the, you know, gives them safety. Um, sometimes they don't stay there, but they know that they can go there, you know, uh, as a stepping stone. So I think that All right. is important yeah, to talk about. And I was going to say something else, but somehow I forgot it. So we'll just move on. Oh, see, this is why I have a notepad of car next to me. The pen. Well, Mr. Prepared. Yes, before I ask you that, 
yes before i ask you that let me just um show you guys that this atheist channel um we talked about the war in yemen like one of the earlier shows that we did this is back way back six years ago we were talking about the war in yemen and that what i did i, I brought this person from yemen uh to talk about and big, again back when we were talking about it this was no like even a couple of years after this people started actually talking about yemen but on atheist republic when we were talking when we decided to talk about yemen there was like silence six years ago there was nothing i could find on social media not much about Yemen, and we were talking about it. So it's weird that this atheist channel were was talking about how, and again, the title was also back then, the war in Yemen. Why no one right. is right. why is no one talking about this? So not much has changed from then. Um, and I and I'm proud of us. I'm proud of mm -hmm. the fact that we realize how how big of a human tragedy this is, and we're not tribal. We don't. I know Yemen mm -hmm. is an Islamic country. And we wanted to raise the alarm about it. And we didn't see the same thing from Islamic channels. We see this on this atheist channel, but we didn't see it on Islamic channels, which is weird. Also, yeah, speaking, on, uh, of, speaking of nothing changing, I mean, dude, you, you haven't aged a day. If that video was six years <laughs> ago, it looks like you shot it yesterday. Like, guys... Our founder might be immortal, okay? I'm just saying he might be a god. <laughs> we don't know yet, but well, no, anyway. my hair is getting white. Uh, getting white. Yeah, hair. I mean, you got um, like a little, little salt and pepper, but nothing, nothing. No, you yeah. look great, man. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so I have a question from Anna. So we see like this Muhammad uh, guy here. The true peace. Hold on. We saw Muhammad here talking about being pro-Israel, um, having these narratives. Is it? How safe is, is it for Arabs in Israel to come out and be so, so pro-Israeli and so anti-Hamas? Um, like, Muhammad, I know there are some Arab, Arabs in Israel that might be radical and anti-Israel, even though they're Israeli citizens themselves. Is it safe for someone like Muhammad or is it fine? What do you think? Well, it depends on their community. Like, some Arab villages made, might be very much against it and treat them as traitors and uh, expel them from the family for being gay and um, such things. But like maybe in regard to Israel specifically, like the Druze are usually very pro pro Israel and. I think that in, if you live in a Druze village, which, which they are also Arabs, so then it's, it will be fine. Of course, if you live in a, in a Jewish city or even a mixed city with both Arabs and Jews, then you will, you will be fine. Like nobody is going to hurt you. Um, like I certainly think that uh, Arabs here are more free uh, in, inside Israel to express their ideas and also being openly gay than than in uh, Egypt, for example, like oh yeah, obviously, obviously, obviously relative to Egypt, even, even yeah, if, yeah, like but I'm thinking more reason, like I'm not thinking more I'm not thinking I'm not thinking like relative to Egypt. I'm thinking like relative to I don't know Canada, for example. Um, you know, is like, it less safe for like yeah, go on. The only reason they might be in danger for being like gay or being pro-Israel is if the local community around them 
is rural mm -hmm. and against these uh, ideas. Like if their family mm -hmm. is extremely anti-gay, then of course it might uh, play a role in in their safety, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, okay. And Elliot, you had a point. I don't think so. <laughs> No. I, I wanted okay. to say really quickly, and then I think we should look at Yuval's okay. question, but um, uh, that was actually, I just remember what I was going to say. I think that it's very important to highlight this because I've ran into people in real life and on social media who, if I say Arab Israelis, you know, uh, they say there's no such thing. It's not true. It's, you know, then everybody, you know, there is suffering. They hate the, they hate the country. And I, and, and so I think it's really important to bring people like Mohammed and others up because this is a very easily verifiable fact that mm. people you know are refusing to acknowledge because it somehow shakes their perceived narrative you know when when people say that there is no such thing as arab israeli like come to the cafeteria in my university it's a jewish university but the cafeteria there is like baghdad okay everyone speaks arabic the workers speak arabic a lot of arab arab students just sit together and kind of chat and what what y'all are what y'all are pointing out is again at, I mean, at the that core is not that nice. of <laughs> hang on hang on okay. the, 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 what what, what y'all are pointing out and and highlighting is is the core of anti-semitism right it's it's when somebody just decides to lump all of these people into this group and say you're all like this right and that's what they're doing they go what arab israeli well, well that's not possible because you 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 have to be jewish and you have to be one of those western occupation you know come over like last year like steal somebody's land kill a bunch and of ashkenaz too and ashkenaz <laughs> right so it's like it's that's when 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 we talk here about how deep the roots of anti-Semitism run, this is what we're talking about. When you say, when when you hear somebody say something and they just say, you know, just real casual statement like, "Well, no, there's no Israel, you know, uh, Arab Israelis. Well, there's no, you know, Arab Jews. You know, well, Jews all like this or whatever, or all Jews that that's anti-Semitic, you guys. That's what we're trying to point out and fight against." So stop doing that. If it's surprising to you that th that's a, a single person could be both Arab and Israeli, you might be a bit anti-Semitic, guys. You might want to look in the mirror. It's okay. It's okay. Just stop doing it because, you know, it's not really okay. Just fix it. So anyway. All right, guys, we need to move to the third yes. video or else we're not going to be able to finish this under um, an hour. Gage and American, though, with the super chat. Thank you so much, Gage and American, saying, what are your thoughts on calls for ceasefire? Um, yeah, I mean, no, we can't. I don't, I don't agree with ceasefire right now. Not, I mean, I'm eventually, yes, but not Hamas right now. Hamas can ceasefire. We're okay Ooh. with that. 
That's yeah. an interesting question. Why why hasn't anybody asked that question? Like it always seems to be why why don't the why doesn't the IDF put down their arms? Why hasn't anybody asked the question? Why won't Hamas put down their arms? You know? Weird. You know who has I, yeah, uh, actually, American uh Secretary representative for the Secretary of State has said that oh. uh, several times. I actually have a video. We can talk about it later. But but this is exactly the point because the way you have a ceasefire, you know, I'm for ceasefire, but the way you have a ceasefire is when both sides come to an agreement. You don't get ceasefire when you get one side, you know, yeah. to accept something and you have no conditions for the other side. And this is and because Hamas is not an entity that comes to an agreement and agrees to like certain standards, then there's no possibility for a ceasefire. It's, it's ridiculous to ask for a ceasefire when you're only asking one side. So given Hamas, the only way that you could have a ceasefire is by defeating one side, at least militarily. That's how you get a ceasefire. But go on, Rivka. I was just going to say, Israel oh, last week offered a week-long ceasefire in exchange and, yeah. for release of hostages, and the Hamas said no. What? Mm. I, th I thought they wanted... What? Yeah. Are you sure, Rivka? Yeah. Yeah. She's, also, she's right. when you negotiate a ceasefire, you, you have to come to, to a state where the, both, both of the parties, they come to this uh, agreement with having like good intentions in mind and Hamas only uses the ceasefire to uh, uh, to arm itself, to rearm and to regroup its forces and then to again attack Israel when it's not ready. And that's actually a really important point because we, if, if we want to go back to some of what we said in the very beginning about how the Hamas isn't interested in a, a two-state solution, one of the... Uh, Somebody said that in one of the videos and and not interested in uh, finding peace. They, they have one raison d'etre, and that's the elimination of Israel. Uh, and so you it's very difficult to negotiate with a party that you're not sure if you can trust, mm -hmm. that the reasons for negotiation aren't the same as yours, that they're using this as an excuse. So it's quite difficult. And that's something that people need to understand that it's not like two people who both have the same goals in mind. No, mm. not at all. Um, we got six shekels as jizya. Thank you so much. I mean, I guess I'm supposed to take the jizya given that I'm the ex-Muslim here, but thank you so much from the, this is very fitting getting, <laughs> okay. But okay. Thank you so much for the shekels. Um, let's go to the last video or else we're, all right. So this is going to be difficult for me to do because the font, the, this is in Arabic and there's English translation and the font is very small. So I have to come kind of close to the screen to be able to read it. I can read no, no, it's okay. No, I don't want to do real, real. I'll just read the translation because I want to make sure that whoever officially translated this will read that one. But Rivka, can you give us some context before I play it? Oh, you're muted, you're Rivka. This is a phone call um, mm -hmm. between IDF and uh, Gaza, uh, someone who lives in Gaza. And right. they're talking about um, how the the person from Gaza is talking about how the Hamas uh, 
controls all the aid and all the services. And so these right. so two, for people who don't yeah. Sorry, so these two are having a phone call and it's been recorded. Right. So for people who don't know, IDF calls inside Gaza to try to warn people to get out of the like warning them that this area is going this is going to happen, that's going to happen, like get out of the way, like make sure you're in not in this area. So they have a lot of Arab speaking uh, IDF soldiers that constantly tries to call within Gaza to give them the information they need to keep themselves safe or get access to food or medicine or whatever. So that's something that the Israeli military does. So this is one of those calls uh, that we're listening to the recording of it. So let's see what happened here. Again, I have to come really close to be able to read. So this is the Gazan resident speaking, saying the situation is terrible. So the IDF soldier is saying, I understand the situation is terrible. The Gazan resident says the situation is terrible. And then he said the Gazan resident says, because the humanitarian people, those responsible for the humanitarian aid are thieves. Okay. Again, this is some. This is a Gazan resident saying this to the IDF soldier. And then the IDF soldier officer asks, uh, "Sorry, I said soldier. I should have said office officer." The IDF officer asks, "Why are they thieves?" Um, and the IDF officer says, "Are Hamas operatives operatives?" taking the food from the humanitarian services so Hamas, the Gazan resident responds of course of course whenever Hamas goes wherever wherever Hamas goes total destruction follows <laughs> So the IDF officer responds, but this place is for humanitarian purposes. And then the IDF officer continues saying, they must give the food to civilians. IDF officer continues, what is Hamas? Uh, connection to it, I think. Connection to Hamas's connection. I uh, like so. You say Hamas should not. Hamas shouldn't even be involved in this humanitarian relief. Why are why is Hamas even there? I think. That's what no, the resident saying, "What is Hamas? What is Hamas, my brother?" Hamas is involved in everything. It's best you know. Hamas has their hands on UNRWA administration workers and it manages UNRWA. So basically, I think he's saying that the whole humanitarian process in Gaza, Hamas is managing. They are those in charge in this agency. And those in charge everywhere else, um, they are, they rose to power, they took control of everything. Then the IDF officer says, as in, they do not provide 
So the Gazan residents says they provide mm. for their for their people first. Oh, so they get the food, they they give it to Hamas um members. IDF officer says, Do you speak with the agency, like the UNRWA? And tell them these things. Like, do you go tell them these things? IDF officer continues. You mean those in charge in the agency, like not the people on the ground? Like, do you like report the fact that Hamas is doing this to the top officials in the agency? The Gazan says, "Who? Who could you speak with? What is what I'm telling you?" right now is unknown no one knows about <laughs> and then the officer says in charge of the agency uh, agency cooperate with hamas <laughs> the administration so the Gazan resident is saying the administration workers in the agency are hamas operatives <laughs> So I think he's saying like even the people up top are um, Hamas. Um, so like those in so the officer saying those in charge of the agents the agency cooperate with Hamas. Uh, the Gazan resident says absolutely yes. So so he's saying even the people at the top like who do I complain to? They are the ones who are cooperating. With <laughs> Those who control, so the guys in residence saying, that is those in charge of the departments or the regional headquarters um, of the agency. All right, are Hamas operatives themselves? Oh, no, they're not just cooperating with Hamas, they themselves are the Hamas operatives. Themselves. <laughs> Okay, so that was interesting. We, can, by the way, this is not denied anymore. Like this is like uh, even anti-Israel um, humanitarian groups are admitting that this is what's happening in Gaza. Go on, Anna. Well, what is uh, actually striking in this recording? The UNRWA, like here in Israel, we just call it UNRWA. Um, this humanitarian organization is. A humanitarian organization from the UN, from the United Nations, and it's it it is only tasked with the help to uh, Palestinian refugees. Like this is their humanitarian organizations from the UN, from the United Nations. So even if if any aid is coming to Gaza Strip, it must come through the uh, through this organization. So basically, it means that. Every every aid coming in is uh, Hamas has its hand on it. Even the United Nations are corrupted with the with the involvement of Hamas. And there there have been um, some reports and and videos and pictures of like UNRWA schools funded schools and they have weapons on teachers that work for the Hamas uh, in some other uh, 
infrastructure positions that any society would have. Also, supposedly, uh, the UNRWA funded or UNRWA associated with that are either working for Hamas or are the Hamas. So this is a big issue uh, that is really coming out now, especially now that IDF is finding tunnels and finding weapon stores and they finding even UNRWA uh, documents or UNRWA funded areas, people who work for them. So it's absolutely the case. And this is something that Israel and um, other uh, Zionists in the world have been saying for a long time that they're, you know, and also this extreme, it seems from my point of view, bias at the UN against Israel, mm. uh, almost like an obsession yeah, with Israel. Before this war, I, I read an article about uh, the schools in Gaza um, that are managed by uh, this organization. And even in those schools, they teach a jihadistic ideology and anti-Semitic uh, things, anti-Semitic materials. So basically Hamas, Hamas, his hands are involved in everything. Everything, including like the organizations that are supposedly uh, there to help Palestinians, they are not really independent from Hamas. Right. And this is so, guys. We are so, Elliot. Say this. Yeah, thirty seconds. Yeah, because, yeah. This is this is just what makes it so difficult whenever people are talking about sending aid to Palestinians, sending aid to Gaza. The issue is that it is a known fact. That not not 10% is going to be skimmed off the top. 95% of it is going to go immediately into the hands of Hamas leaders to cushion themselves more, to give themselves lavish lifestyles while the rest of their people suffer. We know that. And so simply saying, let's just bring more aid to Gaza doesn't help Palestinians. We need more nuanced solutions so just stop just stop thinking it's an easy fix oh yeah just send them food just send them money no hamas is going to steal it and they're going to use it to kill more israeli civilians so not a good answer okay. and if you want to there are independent organizations i actually live in a town where one of the guys who started one of the independent organizations that's a medical you know i went to college with him He's American, not Palestinian. So if you if 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 you do want to send aid, you have to really do some research and find yeah. an independent organization that the money is actually going right. to people. All right, guys, I need to really move on because there's an ex there, I have a show coming on the per Atheist Republic Persian channel, and there has been a major explosion in Iran. And by the way, guys, if you speak Persian, our our Persian channel is called Jomhuri Bichodayan, and me and Anna are going to be there in a few hours. Uh, uh, Anna, if you have a point, like I really need to go and prepare for that. So say it really fast. Well, about um, what Rivka just said, like how can he still be sure that Hamas isn't taking over any resources coming to, to Gaza? I mean, they, they control everything. Uh, right. We can talk about that later, but to the best of Thank my you, knowledge, Rifka. he's doing everything he can. 
Yeah, okay, we could have that another topic. But so we got a super chat by Indominus Rex saying, why would Hamas have ceasefire? It's like refusing to be Bighazi or and Shaheed and foregoing Jannah. Jannah means heaven, guys. I feel bad for Gaza and civilians. Yeah, so right, based on their ideology, they have no motivation for ceasefire. Like, uh, get the point. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for the Gazi point and also warrior, for the super chat. By the way, Gazi is a warrior. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Great, thank you, Anna. Um, and uh, by the way, I just want to thank everybody for the super chats because, again, we used to not know how to make this work with all the demonetization, but you guys are amazing. And also, guys, if you can support us financially, just like the stream. That also very helps a lot. I also want to respond to this Ray saying, is pointing out the Jewish state's atrocities anti-Semitic or what? Uh, so I just want to say, Ray, for example, I love Israel because I don't consider it to be a Jewish state. I consider Israel to be a secular state. So you're calling it a Jewish state. I want I don't want it to be a Jewish state. And, uh, you know, we have so many Arabs living in Israel as citizens. Right. So I don't know why would that be considered a Jewish state? And also, no, it's not um, anti-Semitic. And that's why we here on this channel ourselves have criticized many different decisions and policies by israel we love israel but we every country has makes mistakes and we criticize it i mean i have been a hugely anti netanyahu and anti Likud on this channel so we have criticized we don't claim any criticism of israel is anti-semitic in fact we have done it here ourselves so there you go attributing attributing the atrocities that have been committed by the state of israel to every individual jew around the world or every israeli citizen though is anti-semitic so there you go ray you've now you got both sides of it you do you should understand so yeah and also yeah. um that was the point i was going to make no absolutely people are free to make criticisms um and actually muhammad zawabi the israeli arab that we discussed he he talks about some of his criticisms of the state but the point is, oftentimes that's just a uh, cover sometimes for anti-Semitism or just a way right. to, you know, um, pr provide sort of a veil for the anti-Semitism. But no, that's the whole point that we were making in the beginning is Mohammed Zawabi is an Isra Arab Israeli, and he actually is also criticizing the government at the same time in some situations. And like, for right. example, a lot of times when people talk about atrocities committed by Israel, they say, oh, Israel is bombing hospitals in Gaza. It's bombing uh, schools in Gaza. But they don't say that Hamas is hiding their military supplies and tunnels underneath those schools and uh, hospitals and are hiding within the civilian population. So like doing this thing criticizing israel for bombing hospitals without saying that hamas purposefully uses hospitals mm. as uh, a cover yeah. i think this this is anti-semitic well also yeah, great point um, go on really quick to this point yeah. also um a lot of the alleged atrocities are actually blood libel lies you know, right. um, stealing organs and, 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 you know, all these things, which are a lot of them directly from some of, you know, anti-Semitic tropes that people have been saying for years and years, but that good point, Anna. Yeah. And then last point I saw people also mentioned the live chat, which we should add is like, it's not anti-Semitic to criticize Israel. 
but if you only criticize Israel and look, don't look at other countries, um, and also when you're concerned about Muslims in Gaza so much, but when Muslims everywhere else are suffering sometimes even more and you don't seem not to care about it, then it kind of seems like you are anti-Semitic when your outrage is this yeah. selectively focused on Israel. That kind of suggests that you're anti-Semitic. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much. Don't leave here without liking the stream. You know, it doesn't cost you anything other than half a second, and it does make a huge difference to the channel. When you when you spend a half a second to like the stream, YouTube's algorithm like, oh, somebody liked the stream. I need to show the stream to more people. So you by just like it actually helps you as well because when you like the stream that you just watched, YouTube realizes what it needs to recommend to you, so it understands you better and it feeds you stuff that is you're more likely to enjoy so it helps you but it also really helps us because uh and, and the suggested you know part different parts on the home feed on the sidebar more people are going to see this video because you like the stream so please just do that before you go and if you want to help out even more once the stream is over please leave a comment under the show those really help so yeah Anyways, thank you, Rivka, so much for giving us this video today. They were amazing. Thank you, Anna and Elliot, for your amazing commentary. You guys are amazing, and you make the show so great. So thank you, everyone. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs>